0: If you believe the numbers, Chief Information Officers around the globe will stay in their roles for about five years. In Gartner's 2018 CEO Agenda, the average tech leader tenure in Australia was 3.42 years and in recent years the average stint time has been declining. Now, Clearly 2020 was a tough year for tech execs in Australia, with some losing their jobs due to the economic devastation created by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, for those who didn't, it was an opportunity to gain more recognition and support from their C-level counterparts as they mobilized hybrid work environments for remote working. Hello, I'm Byron Connolly, the Editor-in-Chief at CEO Australia. and Welcome to this episode of the CEO Show, where we talk to local chiefs who have just moved on from their jobs in recent months, and we're asking them to talk about their successes and failures and what they learned from them, and importantly, how they're going to apply those lessons to future roles. Okay, my first guest today is Roisin Parks, who was Chief Technology Officer at eBay-owned Gumtree for four years before being made redundant in February, following the organization's 2009 acquisition of Cars Guide and Auto Trader. Welcome, Roisin, to the CEO Show.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: And thanks for being here. Um, Now, as I mentioned, Roisin, you were at the organization for four years. Can you start by reflecting uh, on some of the successes you had? Which projects and initiatives stand out for you most and why?
1: Um, yeah, sure. So four years at, um, Gumtree as CTO was my first CTO role. So it was kind of not quite sure exactly what to expect when I joined. Um, so I spent a couple of months just talking to as many people as I possibly could trying to figure out what were the big challenges that we saw as an organization. Um, and one of the big ones that we saw was site speed in particular. So, and there are a number of reasons for that. Which one was that? Sorry, I didn't get that. Uh, site speed.
0: Oh, site speed, yep.
1: Yeah. So, yep. from um, the technology team's perspective, they saw it as a big um, blocker for growing our customer base when, you know, our page load times were getting slower and slower. Yep. Um, and so, we kicked off um, an initiative to improve our page load times. Uh, and that was kind of a multi year project with lots of different. Um, facets, I guess. So one part of it was just to optimize the code and the way the pages were loading. And we did a lot of work there to have our page load time. But the biggest part of this project was actually recognition that, you know, while we were still hosted in Amsterdam, That we would have this network latency that we couldn't get past we couldn't um you know fix the speed of light there was something else that we would need to do Mm -hmm. um so we made the decision to uh, move everything to google cloud in um sydney so that was quite a big project to Mm -hmm. um change from our kind of on-premise infrastructure in amsterdam to a google cloud based one in sydney and we saw massive um performance improvements with that so we're seeing a 60% improvement in our API response time after the move to Sydney, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, good, anything else that comes to mind?
1: So we've done a couple of big transformations, like um, another one, yeah, I mean, part of the journey is figuring out not just the technology changes that are needed, but what sort of kind of organizational and operational changes are needed. Um, And so we moved to, um, away from kind of a basic squad model to one that was kind of cross-functional, um, self-managing, and focused much more around our customer. Yeah. Um, and that was, again, a bit of a journey to kind of align everyone in the business, particularly on the cross-functional nature of it, because it meant bringing other areas of the business into the, um, the team structure. Um, and that was, you know, challenging, but um, I think it's um, really shown some big benefits um, to the organization, um, including just a much better no- uh, knowledge across the technology team of our product and our customers and the actual issues that they're facing and the, the um, opportunities there.
0: Sure. Now, uh, on the flip side, what do you see as, as, as some of your, some of the missteps that you made um, from a I guess from a technology and a people perspective, can you think of anything?
1: Um, I think when I joined, having come from more um, you know technology focused roles where I was part of a larger technology organization. I think mm. when I joined Gumtree, I probably underestimated how difficult and different decision-making would be when Mm. you're sitting in a leadership team that's not necessarily all, that don't necessarily all have a tech background. I think that was um, something that, yeah, just took a bit of time to realize. I think, um, you know, previously in my career, when you're trying to get a a decision made or an investment um, brought in, you kind of lay out all the evidence. Um, and you kind of assume that the right decision will be made, but that's not necessarily how decision making happens, mm. um, you know, within an organisation, particularly when. I think, um, in particular, for technology teams, a lot of other parts of the business have a dependency on your organization for them to achieve their goals. So the commercial team has a dependency, the marketing team has a dependency, everyone has a dependency on your team to achieve, you know, their, um, their budget. Mm. And so that makes it difficult when you're you know, generally under-resourced. You never have enough people to do everything that everybody wants to do. Mm. So there is, um, you know, a real need to um, collaborate and negotiate and prioritize with all those individuals to get the right things done. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think at the beginning, I kind of underestimated that. I think you assume you're coming in as a CTO and you can just, you know, decide everything that your team does. But in reality, you have you know, the whole organisation depends on your team. So it, it requires that collaboration.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you going to take those lessons into, in, into any future roles? I mean, how will you yeah. apply those in future roles, do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of the key takeaways for me is, um, you know, to build those effective relationships much earlier in the process because a lot, and not wait until decisions need to be made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a clear um takeaway for me is to to build those um, really effective collaborative relationships early on, um, and then the kind of decision making will fall into place. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, in terms of your your next role, are you going to be looking uh, at something opportunities in similar industries, or or do you think you're going to branch out into I guess, uh, uncharted territory to another sector to get more experience in another sector? What are your plans at the moment?
1: So um, my first plan was to take as much time off as was feasible. Yeah. So I've taken three months off and I'm, I'm very happy that I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am starting to um, really have a look um, at what's out there and, and try and figure out what sort of a role um, that you know, I can make the best use of what I've learned at my time at Gumtree um, and what are the things that would challenge me as well. Um, The good news is there's a lot going on in Sydney at the moment. There's a lot of companies that are really growing. Mm. Uh, For me, I think, um, you know, I've experienced in lots of different industries. um, So, you know, I'm not tied to a given industry necessarily um but you know definitely would be keen to join an organization that's um growing um has a reasonable sized technology team maybe seeing some challenges in scaling um Mm. that team or you know how they're operationalized and want to improve that um and there's a lot that i can kind of bring to uh, a company like that Mm. um as you know, in terms of a role, you know, it doesn't have to be CTO, it doesn't have to be CIO, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, the, the the title kind of doesn't matter. Mm. But for me, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed at Gumtree was um, really that balance of, you know, business strategy and technology strategy. And that's something I'd be looking for in a new role, something where I can influence the business technology or, yeah. or be a part the business strategy, uh, be a part of that, not just the technology
0: strategy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Roisin, thank you very much for talking to us on the CI Show and and wish all the best uh, over the next few months as you you look to move into a new role. So thank you again.
1: Thanks so much, Byron.
0: We enable any organisation to use any technology. We help all companies become technology companies. Protecting the identity of both workforces and customers. Connecting the right people to the right technology at the right time. Okta, one trusted platform to secure every identity in your organization. Okay, my next guest is Jeremy Francis, and Jeremy just undertook the Chief Operating Officer role at Genworth Financials. Jeremy, welcome to the CIO show. Thanks,
2: Brian, it's
0: great to be here. Great to have you. Now, Jeremy, you're an experienced CIO, and as I said, you've re- recently just moved into a, a CIO role, last CIO role ra- rather, last month, uh, you moved on from Pepper Financial Services, a company that you'd been with for for five years after previously holding senior technology roles at organizations like Westpac as well. And you're now the COO um, at Genworth, which is a, a fairly large company. Tell you, tell me why you're moving into that role. You've got a lot of technology experience, but but now you're moving into the COO role, which is not unusual, but I guess it's a big jump for you.
2: It's not unusual, and, and moving into the COO role wasn't really part of the plan. In fact, uh, you know, when Genworth originally called me up and, and asked me to come and have a chat to them about doing the chief operating officer role, uh, I said to them, look, you've got the wrong person. I'm, I'm a CIO. I'm a, I'm a tech guy. Uh, it's, it's probably it's probably not the sort of person you're looking for. Um, but, but but as you say, it's it's not unusual now, and I think, you know, we're seeing this shift from um, certainly what I was used to in banking maybe 15, 20 years ago, where the chief operating officer might have had technology underneath them in their portfolio, but the chief operating officer's background was typically hardcore operations. And we've seen a shift now to um, technologists, CTOs, CIOs um, being asked to step into this role because the operations parts of an organisation are constantly um, being digitized and businesses are looking for those areas to become more and more automated, and so it, it kind of makes sense. And you know, you, you, you guys have covered this um, multiple times as well, Byron. Um, you know, CIOs aren't just running IT systems anymore. Mm. Um, you know, their their coverage now as you know sits right across the business. Um, you know, the the CTO and CIO and CDO roles are you know very much plus plus roles now. You know, you're a CIO plus all these other things. Um, and, you know, and that certainly makes a role a, a lot more exciting. You know, when I was at Pepper, I would be attending customer bids, um, you know, selling Pepper to, to potential customers alongside the CEO and alongside the commercial offices. Um, you know, and it's because technology has now become a huge selling point um, and it sits alongside, uh, you know, things like, uh, pricing and relationship as the key criteria that customers are using to decide whether to work with an organization. Yeah. Um, and of course, again, something yes, that's been well covered, but you know, cybersecurity and an organization's cybersecurity credentials um, are also, particularly in financial services, um, becoming a really key differentiator in terms of you know the proposition. So yeah. you know what I'm going to get from the COO role at Gemworth is um, you know, getting to work with uh, you know, a CEO who has, you know, really got an exceptional vision and, you know, she was a big reason why I wanted to move there. And, mm. um, you know, I've come from an organisation like Pepper with a CEO who was equally very innovative and, you know, had a really clear strategy and the ability to deliver on it. And mm. this role is going to allow me to go much deeper into a space that I really, really love, which is operations and give me the ability to, you know, bring together the technology and ops functions Um, and really see if we can kind of really power the business even more.
0: So what were some of the, I guess, key lessons you learned at Pepper um, for the years that you were there in in relation to, I guess, technology itself and the deployment of technology solutions, but also managing people? Um, What were some of the lessons that you learned that you're going to take into this
2: role? Yeah, Byron, we did, you know, I led a really, really significant um, cultural change through an Agile transformation when I was at Pepper. And mm. you know, I think the key lesson that came out of that um, wasn't so much around Agile itself, um, but it was the fact that um, trust is the key differentiator for success. And that was certainly the certainly experience that I had. And it, it sounds really glib, right? Because you know, it's the sort of thing that's easy to kind of just throw out there. And maybe maybe when you haven't gone through the experience of spending a lot of time trying to build trust between team members in, in squads, you know, getting the team to trust in myself and trust in the exec and, and me being able to demonstrate the trust that I have in the team. And when you, when you create that and that becomes a really big part of the culture, um, for me, it's, you know, one of the number one differentiators of, of success in the corporate world today. And and so that was, a, that was a really strong lesson for me and certainly not one that I would have expected to have learned. Yeah. Um, you know, on the technology side, you know, I'd say what we're able to prove at Pepper was, if you can make the right choices of new technology and you've got a willingness to be bold with those decisions, um, you can start to move the organization really, really, really quickly. Um, and, you know, having 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 grown up and had an IT career where every project was millions of dollars and it would take at least a year to implement. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're in this position now where we've got the ability to sort of take in years and months. We can do things in weeks, and you know, that was that was a really unexpected um, lesson out of that out of that journey that I had at Pepper. Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. So, do you have any sort of anecdotes about? things that you I guess wish that you you could have done a little bit differently with the benefit of hindsight not only in the pepper role but but other roles prior to that now that you're so much more experienced
2: <laughs> yeah I think the the more that I do the more I realize how little I know, yeah. uh, you know look I think I think one of the things that uh, I probably underestimated um, over the years and and certainly in the most recent roles were that you know the really get in all parts of the business to work really closely with technology to the point that you know you can't differentiate between the people that are working for tech and the people that are working for operations or sales or, or, or underwriting. And yeah. When you can, you can start to get those teams to operate really closely together and they forget that they're in different teams, um, you can do five times as much as what you could where technology is a driver of, of initiatives in an organization and so you know I feel like I'd, I probably learned that lesson too late um you know certainly you know on the way out from Pepper um seeing you know having seen that sort of interaction start to really come to life and, and in, in the case of Pepper it was with an operations team yeah. um, and so that's again part, part of that journey um, you know it's it's, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, for sure.
0: And finally, Jeremy, what are, what are your, um, I, I guess, what are you you're going to be doing at Genworth over the next year or so? Are you going to be, I mean, are you going to be working with a CIO? Is there a CIO in, in there? And what are some of the key, I guess, technology-led initiatives that you're going to be sort of working on?
2: Yeah, look, I haven't decided yet. It's, it's my second week in Genworth. Um, what I've realised is they've already got, you know, some really capable people across tech and operations who are already doing, um, you know, really impressive things. So, you know, I think, I think the opportunity there is to um, look at whether there's, uh, you know, the scope to do what I was just talking about at Pepper and, you yeah. know, really bringing the technology and operations teams, um, you know, much more closer than what they are today um, to the point that they, they feel like they're part of, you know, one organisation. And, you know, that, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, I think Gemworth, um, as I talked about earlier, they've got, they've got a really great, Vision technology is a really big part of that vision, um, as is you know the operations that sit right across that business. So you know, this role gives me an opportunity to be right at the forefront of that. Um, so, so I'm really excited about it, and you know I think as we start to see you know the technology start to really continue to grow, particularly some of the emerging technologies that you, know, you guys have covered um, you know regularly on the show. Yeah. uh you know that that's sort of opportunity that really excites me and i think it's the sort of thing that's going to really move the dial for the business yeah for sure
0: listen we'll leave it there thank you very much jeremy for joining us today on the co show and we hope to to talk to you again soon thanks byron and okay, my next guest is ursula phillips who just left her role as chief information officer at real pet food company hi ursula and welcome to the co show
3: hi byron thanks for having me
0: it's a pleasure to have you here now ursula you were at real real pet food company for almost three years can you start by telling us what uh, what you're most proud of during that role
3: uh yes i am um, as you say i was there for just under under three years so um 32 months to be exact um and in that time we had 30 major implementations so i think that's um you know that's that's what I'm, I'm most proud of, um, that and, and building the team. So when I came into um, the Real Pet Foods company, there wasn't really um, an IT team. And so the 15 members um, that are there now um, have all come in, in in those last three years. Um, and they're a very strong, high-performing team. So I think that's, that's the legacy that I leave behind. And also um, just how much... Um, how much was delivered um, in those 32 months, but equally how far that that took the business um, in their agenda. So from a real um, sort of green space um, to to being able to pull what had been uh, you know multiple acquisitions into that sort of true multinational company.
0: So what impact has uh, technology these technology deployments had on the business, and 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 how it you know how the, the organisation operates.
3: Yeah so pretty pretty far reaching I think at at its most basic we've pulled together um, as I say, what, what had been multiple different acquisitions and, and standalone companies. Um, mm. We've brought in our international markets into a, an enterprise platform. So at its most basic, it means that our teams can talk to one another um, on the Real Pet Food Network and they can all share, you know, access to the same data and, and insights um, right across the business. Um, but I think it go, goes further than that in terms of capability. Um, we've just... Um, on, on Sunday night, just after I left, um, they went live with our, our second WMS automation um, at our Ingleburn factory. Um, they've They've delivered um, right across the board, you know, demand planning, forecasting, trade spend, you know, all those real core capabilities that any any multinational FMCG needs to be able to have, um, and also created um, you know some some space in the organisation and, and some time in the in the organisation um, through some of the automation projects that we've done as well. So I think really really far reaching, difficult to pick one um, one initiative.
0: Yeah. Now, on the flip side, what do you think you could have done better? I guess from a technology and people perspective, can you reflect on on, on some things that you, in hindsight, wish you could have, have uh, I guess, uh, done a little bit better, and st- things that you maybe slipped up on a little bit?
3: Um, look, I, I think generally, um, you know, the, the the team and I have have done a really great job. I think you know, COVID and and twenty twenty generally probably threw some curveballs um add us so we started the year with a big us um erp implementation out of australia um that got put on on hold as as covid came in and was challenged and then ultimately the business um in in the us was um was closed so mm-hmm. um there's definitely been some um some curveballs there and the need to um to respond to that. I think in, yep. in a different economic climate, um, we would have pushed that agenda further and pushed the investment around the global ERP and others. Um, but I think generally that you know the team have done brilliantly with the, with the resources available.
0: Mm, okay. Was there were there any key lessons, I guess, you learned during this role that you're going to take into future roles and, and that you're going to apply, I guess, to future roles?
3: Yeah, I think. Um, you know on on the positive I think the the team building has been a real real success story and I, I think you know that focus on team engagement and then allowing them um, to go forwards um, is something that I would would hope to to recreate um, I think some of the other other lessons have really been about you know taking your stakeholders on the journey yep. um, and also making sure that um, you know, whilst whilst projects often have a technology component, um, you know, they usually succeed succeed or fail um on business adoption and business processes. And I think that's been a real a real learning has been Around making sure that you've got that business engagement up front, um, but that that buy-in stays all the way through, um, mm. and that you're keeping you know keeping your business partners accountable as well, um, mm. around having those processes ready, because if not, um, the technology implementation on its own can fall flat.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's interesting you mentioned keeping stakeholders engaged. That's very, that can be very difficult at times, can't it? Because everyone's got their own. I guess, um, viewers to what success is. And, and it, it can be difficult to, to, to keep stakeholders engaged across the whole business because everyone's got their own priorities.
3: I think so, right? Everyone has their BAU. And I think IT teams can forget that we're often, um, you know, one of the only teams, particularly in a lean organization where um, your BAU is to actually deliver that project. Most yep. of our stakeholders have also always been spread across across the day job. Um, and so you do need to be empathetic and understanding um, about what their competing priorities are. But equally, I think you have a role um, you know, as CIO and, and steering committee member um, to really hold that tension and, and make it clear that there is a, a minimal threshold in terms of engagement and resource allocation um, that's required to make those initiatives successful.
0: Sure. And of course, you're taking a break. I mean, for a little while, can you talk a little bit about what your next role might be? Are you looking for a similar role in, you know, in 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 this sector? Or, or are you going to, I guess, going to uncharted territory? What, what are your plans?
3: Look, open to, um, to see where, see where life takes me. I guess my, yep. um, my immediate next step is I've just signed up to a coaching certificate with the Institute of Exec Coaching and Leadership. Yep. Um, so that starts for me on the 18th of May. I'm going to see where, see where that takes me. Um, but I think, yeah, potentially a potentially a similar role. Um, not sure about the industry, but again, that will be um be focused in terms of sort of you know building teams and, and driving that digital agenda. Um, hmm. not sure of the role. Okay.
0: Well, Ursula, so we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us today on the CO Show and, and best of luck. We'll speak soon. Thanks, Fine. All right. Our final guest on the CO Show today is Andy Lewis-Candle, who spent the second half of 2020 as Head of Information Technology at healthcare provider uh, Helios. And now, Andy, you describe that as a journey through no man's land. Can you tell us what you mean by that?
4: Uh, yeah, Brian. Uh, so essentially, at the time, uh, the business was sold to private equity, or it was agreed to be sold to private equity. Yeah. Um, and then COVID hit uh, another another time in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, so effectively, uh, the private equity company that was to buy um yeah. was unable to travel. You know. Um, so the team was locked in Melbourne. So effectively, the leadership leadership team. At Helios Medical Centers, uh, then uh, worked with the um private equity team remotely, and then obviously with Helios Corporate and to get the business, you know, ready for what is called day one or the handover then to BGH, which occurred end of November. So mm. so it was kind of navigating kind of between the various parties, you know, mm. um, and also impacted by COVID. Mm.
0: So, what were you appointed to do during that period? I, I understand. I, I, I guess it's, it was a contract role at that point. How did that work?
4: Well, I mean, the, the, the mission was quite clear from the outset. So, it was really to set up IT for success. Uh, so, the sense in the business was that IT is not meeting the needs of the centers. So, it's approximately eighty medical centers, you know, across the country with uh, dental clinics. Uh, mm. Uh, so you know the, the centers were kind of you know um, uh, n- n- not served in, in, in you know in, in, in the way they uh, they felt you know they, they kind of needed. Mm. Uh, so it was really to 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 get that straightened up uh, and and get them into a better place. Mm. Uh, but uh, to support the sale uh, as well, uh, there was a great opportunity then to essentially um, you know look at look at what's available in the market. Um, look at what changes you know reasonably could be introduced you know to just improve on the existing IT at the time you know.
0: Yeah, of course. So, so what what were your, success, your successes during this period? What did what did you manage to do? What what sort of impact did you have on the business?
4: Uh, look, I've, I think there are so many moving parts in this. I think I'm mostly proud of. I mean, it was a very ambiguous kind of period of time, you know, because. Yeah. Uh, We were not quite, we were not sold to uh, the private equity company at that point. So we were still owned uh, technically by Helios. Uh, There was obviously a lot of uncertainty in the IT team, you know, a lot of ambiguities. I think we kind of managed that reasonably well. Um, the, The service level to the centers was, as I mentioned, not great. Yeah. Uh, so we measured this by way of a non compliance score. Uh, and we got that score uh, essentially down by 95%, which I think is, uh, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Um, we, we got that feedback then back from the centers, you know, that kind of we are uh, heading into the right direction. So people uh, kind of uh, acknowledged, you know, that the service kind of noticeably improved. Yeah. Um, and then uh, concurrently to all of that, uh, we actually managed to drive some multi million dollar savings in, our, in IT and just looking at other options as far as the various systems are concerned and the infrastructure arrangements in the centers. Yeah. Uh, so I think, as a, as, a, as a package, so to speak, of activity, you know, I think that was, um, you know, I think we were all quite proud of, uh, proud of that. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Now, one thing I have noticed about you, Andy, I mean, prior to this role, you were CIO at, at only, uh, only About Children for about a year, the CIO at Sydney North. Uh, health Network for about a year. These are quite short amounts of time to be in CEO roles. Is, is there any particular reason for that? I mean, were you specifically brought in to, to 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 clean up issues, to clean up some some problems, so to speak? I mean, what? Why such short periods in those roles?
4: Yeah, I think Sydney North Health Network was 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 not was not quite that. Uh, mm-hmm. but only about children was absolutely you know there was a short term need. Uh, there was a big transformation that was planned uh, and the organization just felt, you know, that they had to have somebody, you know, to drive that. Uh, so they hired me and uh, uh, yeah. we did all of that, you know, within that year. So, so that was reasonably clear from the outset, you know, um, mm. at Only About Children. At, at Helios, um, uh, yes, I mean, that was the sense, you know, when I started mm. the role. Uh, Because, you know, I knew that the business is going to be sold. um, uh, And, you know, as you can appreciate when private equity, you know, buys a business. I mean, it's not, you know, unexpected that there are some changes uh, in the leadership uh, uh, space. Mm. Uh, So yes, that was the sense uh, at the time as well, you know. Mm.
0: I mean, prior to that, prior to these roles, you actually spent four years at InvoCare. So you spent quite a period of time there and there you've kind of moved into, into roles for much shorter periods. Do you, do you prefer sort of those shorter roles where you come in and you, and you make the changes necessary for organisations? Because a lot of, the, there is a trend for CIOs actually doing that for coming in and, and, and fixing issues and then, and then moving on to the next thing. Do you, is that what you prefer doing or, or, or what do you intend mm-hmm. to do, to do next?
4: Yeah, I no, no Brian, it just happened that way. So, so yeah. it wasn't kind of uh, planned, you know, so yeah. um, I was certainly conscious, you know, when I took on some of those roles that it, in all likelihood will be short term. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was clear, you know, uh, there is a challenge, you know, it was, um, you know, there was an opportunity, I guess, you know, to, uh, to get good stuff done. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but no, I mean, it, it wasn't kind of, you know, a plan on my part, you know, I just yep. want to be there for a year or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. No, I understand that. Now, in your previous roles, I mean, clearly you've got lots of experience. Were there any key lessons, I guess, that you learnt um, during these times, things that you wish you could have done better, some missteps that you're going to carry uh, with you to future roles?
4: So, I mean, uh, as, as you know, bro, and CIO are also so multifaceted, you know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you learn, uh, I mean, I certainly learn every day. Um, I think some of the key learnings are uh, just getting the balance right between, you know, managing the team, um, um, really partnering with stakeholders, you know, in yeah. the business and beyond. Uh, so it's really this business engagement piece that's absolutely critical. Mm. Um, demonstrating, you know, uh, that IT is able to execute um, mm. and then also driving the strategic agenda. So there are so many moving pieces, you know, uh, mm. in leading IT. Mm. And I think every day, you know, uh, one learns, you know, to tweak, you know, uh, certain things, I guess, in a better way to just achieve a better outcome. So it's an ongoing learning uh, kind of process, you know, mm. Um Uh, So when you then think back, oh, well, I could have done this differently or that differently. Obviously, there are different circumstances, you know, Um, Mm. uh, different dynamics, you know, at a particular point in time. I think the truth is, it's just it's just a journey, you know, Um, Mm. and and, and you learn every step along the way, you know. Mm.
0: A lot of CEOs I speak to have have said that COVID, and and this is reflected in our state of the CEO research for this year, that COVID, as terrible as it has been uh, as a global pandemic, uh, has put CEOs and their teams front and centre, front of the minds of the CEOs and other C-levels. Uh, other other c-suite uh, executives because you you know you when when covid hit a lot of cios were were were, were forced to to um to deploy uh, hybrid work environments almost overnight in some cases do you feel that that cios uh, i guess are getting more recognition now across the uh, across the c-suite and across their businesses because they've proven um that they can create these new hybrid work environments that are necessary moving forward
4: yeah, look, I, I definitely. I, f- I think there's a convergence of a few things. I think COVID has accelerated that. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. it was already kind of happening. You know, like, I mean, businesses understand that technology is just so 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 much more kind of uh, pivotal, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of running and growing a business. So mm-hmm. I think that was already kind of happening. And COVID accelerated that or deepened, you know, that sense of appreciation and the business recognizing you know, and on how important IT is, you know, to, mm. to run and grow the business. Yeah,
0: um,
4: sure. So I don't think it's just COVID, you know, I think the few things all coming together and again, it's a journey. So I think in 10 years from now, technology very likely is going to be even more pivotal, you know, yeah. on how business is run, you know, uh, and yeah. then people's appreciation will be at another level altogether.
0: Yeah, totally agree with you. Listen, thank you, Andy. It's been great to have you on the CS- CIO show and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. That concludes the CIO show for this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed it. Next week, we're gonna be talking to tech executives about the shortage of women in IT. Believe it or not, one CIO in Australia tells us that no women are applying for any of the new roles that she's advertising. There's such a big push for women to enter the tech sector here in Australia and and worldwide. So why are women, young women in particular, not applying for jobs in the sector? Hopefully we're gonna be able to get to the bottom of it. We hope you can join us then. Bye for now.